1: this is a podcast from Minute Media.
0: <laughs> it
2: would be a war spot, eh? i <laughs> goes
0: People might get winning here for World Black.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. I am joined with four magnificent people on this wonderful Sunday night. I'm in a good mood, guys. England won the Euros. We've scraped a draw against Therese ARB team. Could life be any better tonight, guys?
3: (laughs) The stars are alive. What a wonderful evening.
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, to, um, I was going to say, I should probably introduce you, just let everyone else know who, who's with us. We've got Matt, we've got Tom, we've got Andy and Pricey. How are we all doing this evening? I'm magnificent. I hope you guys are too.
3: Good. Very good. I think, all good, mate. Can't complain. Nice to have the, um, the championship season back as well. It's been a festival of football uh, so far, so it was nice.
1: I was going to say, uh, it sounds a bit silly. Have you missed it? Or have you enjoyed having the officer you know, the bit of a break to, you know, pause away from football. But now like, I think a championship back again, Burnley Friday night, was it? You know, it feels like we're yeah. you know, back,
3: back. I didn't feel like that long ago that I said I felt a bit football fatigued, if I'm honest. But then all of a sudden, like with the build up to everything and. Uh, it's it's nice to have it back and and you know getting getting the build up for a Friday evening game as well, and just the people at work talking about it and predictions for the season and stuff like that It's exciting to have football back for sure yeah it feels can we use like, the,
4: uh... um can, can we use what uh, Tony Pulis once said about us our illustrious neighbors started last week When tweeted that out years it was he, well it would have been years ago obviously. And uh, every year, we must uh, supposed to take everyone to, to throw that back in
1: their faces. I, I completely agree. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the preseason games that have kind of wrapped up the schedule that have happened over this weekend. Primarily, we're going to talk about the Sporting Lisbon game that happened uh, yesterday as of time of recording. Um, because there was another friendly, which was primarily the B team, you can argue. Um, or the second choice 11 um, both games ended 1-1 um, but we'll, we'll talk sport in Lisbon because I think this gives our biggest indication of what the starting lineup is going to be against Leeds um, I'll just bring it up now um, so essentially it was starring goal back for Johnny Collins Kilman and eight nori the notable absence of Connor Cody in a back four of course uh, midfield free of Neves, Don Moutinho with Gibbs, White, Neto and Podence up front as uh, Jimenez is injured. Um, I guess my question, I'll kind of randomly pick on some here. Um, would you be happy if that's the starting lineup against Leeds? Uh, with the current players available, then yeah,
2: probably. Um, we can't really be too choosy at the moment. And if you look at that bit, I, I made this reference like you know, in the podcast we did a week or two ago. I mean, that bench, you know, who, you, who you, are you putting in from that bench into that 11? So, no, that, that's that's the 11 as we've got to pick unless we pull a couple of rabbits out of that this week, which seems unlikely a sting stand.
1: Yeah, that, that bench is is shoddy. Although, that man, on has got on the goal sheet um, tonight. It, I, uh, we're turning the corner. I'm, I'm, I, we talked about it uh, last <laughs> week, didn't we, Tom? That we get... Guys, and we're all on board with this. I know, Pricey, you're firmly usually, you know, you've got two feet in positive club. We're going to stay positive right up into that league's game, and until if they have not performed in the first five minutes, then we can get the pitchforks out. I suppose it's, it's difficult
4: for Rangers to have a bad first touch with penalties, isn't
1: it? I suppose,
2: but best best first, <laughs> first <game>. touch <laughs> is that. His first <laughs> touch usually does go about twelve yards, <laughs> so that's about right. right? Yeah. <laughs> again, again,
4: I'll hold my hand up again. New season, new slate. I'm am starting again with him. I've said it last week. I'll say again. I'm starting again. I'm not using his new moniker, where a certain letter at the end of his name is changed. I'm not going to use that just yet. I'm not going to use that. Yes, he he's going to have to earn that moniker. But I'm starting again with him, clean slate.
1: I mean, I am slightly disappointed. We did make it essentially a season without changing his name to have a K at the end. <laughs> like I f- I feel like we could and should have done it more. But I think it stands to our testament that we didn't, to be honest. But, um, I mean, a lot of it's much of the same because we haven't really made any signings. I guess the two main changes is Gibbs White coming in, um, who's like a new signing, if you ask Jeff Shee, um, and Collins coming in at the back. Um, Overall, I I mean, I think the Lisbon game sort of personified it for me. But across the whole preseason, is it fair to kind of say that we have been more attacking, um, would you say, Matt? Yeah.
3: yeah, I would say so. I mean, it, it certainly felt it in the first 20, 30 minutes um, yesterday. The, the issue becomes <clears throat> when you struggle to break a team down and then you make those changes at 65, 70 minutes, bearing in mind that the rest of the league are going to have five bites of the cherry to make changes as well, when we've got this you know, horrendous squad depth. That's the worry. But the initial the initial style definitely looks more attacking. It's not quite gung-ho like the first three games of Bruno's um, Wolves career with us in the league, but um, it does give us a bit more attacking fluidity. I commented at the time um, yesterday that both teams looked fantastic as soon as they got to the 18-yard line and it all fell apart. Um, and that's a kind of a worry because that's exactly what, how it felt like last season as well. So I'm not entirely sure um, we've quite seen the um the fruits of large's labor yet when it comes to the attacking but definitely has a more attacking feel
1: yeah, completely and I think um as Tom you hinted out when we talked about the starting lineup um yeah it, it, it's probably the best lineup we've got with the players available because um to coin an Andy Gillard phrase here there is a little level of all fart no shit uh, with yeah. Andy. Um, <laughs>
5: Very accurate, isn't it? I think there's, um, it, it's that centerpiece signing that we've been missing. I think when we look at, especially in the attacking sense, that we've always been one injury away from disaster, and we're feeling that even more now when we've loaned out our only backup striker and then our main man then gets injured. So it, it we're on the precipice of disaster, but I don't want to be too negative because I do feel like Pedence is probably of the players we've got left, I think is the most suited to play that almost false nine role. And in the past, when we've tried to do a false nine, it's looked absolutely fucking dreadful. But the few times we've done it so far in pre, I'm granted it's only pre-season, but it's looked a lot more cohesive with that front three.
1: Yeah, it's looked a lot more, um, I, I love the phrase false nine because there's a big difference between a false nine and playing someone who, isn't a striker up top, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and there, there are times when it looks like that. But he you said know, between Neto, Podent, and, and Gibbs White, they've all kind of got experience of playing in a more central position. And you know, um, it, even for the penalty, um, again, against Sporting Lisbon, but the, the efforts from Neto to get him behind, which is something that we've massively missed for last. Well. 18 months you could argue as well Sounds pretty much since he got injured to be honest we don't we've not really had that threat behind all that drive to kind of beat a man in that final third and you know seeing um ruben nevers who looks magnificent i mean i i know we should talk about the football but my word that man's gorgeous isn't he <laughs> just aesthetically
4: aesthetically gorgeous
1: yeah Upsettingly, so frankly, in my opinion, you know, <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say, I'm going off in a, I'm going off in a this, wild town, and a the R French band French. as well. Mm-hmm. I know, I know it's, it must be the hot, it must be the heat, I'm telling you. But you know, I, I, <laughs> hey, he's gonna be captain as well. No, hopefully, no one comes in and pinches him. That seems to have kind of gone very quiet in terms of transfer rooms around him, so um, you, you've got to be hoping for a a big season from him as well yet again, haven't you, Matt?
3: I think so. Um, yeah, the the fact that no one has come in for him yet to touch wood. I do feel like the market still feels really slow. Um, the transfer market in general, like I know there's been business and some big names, but that domino effect signing, I don't think happened yet. Like I always thought that that might be anyone who United signs for stupid money would get the ball rolling for a lot of teams and, and start that domino effect. But, You know, he's he's going to be absolutely pivotal, Neves, to our success. Um, Whoever plays as the deeper of those midfielders in that four are going to have a lot of work to do in comparison to any midfielder who plays slightly deeper when we've got a five. So it's going to be interesting to see how we can balance that out because, um, you know, fans want to see Neves further up the pitch, but Neves... Probably wants to sit a little further back. Actually, he's been doing that for his career prior to Wolves, and um, he's going to be huge for us this season. And like Andy said very aptly, we're one injury away from from a catastrophe. So it's really about keeping Neves fit and keeping that midfield three as much as possible. Them playing and some stability.
1: I think we're really lucky. No, definitely, you're you rate- Really.
4: I oh, sorry, I was just gonna say I was gonna say I think we're really lucky with regards to to Neves in so much that when you think who's buying, that at the minute no one needs a Neves right now for probably what, what we would cost to get him out of Air Club. Um the only like the only ever likely destination for him was like a Man United, but they're they're just hell bent on getting De Jong. And I don't I I don't know, I, I just don't see him I don't see Neves going there, and I just think we're really, really lucky that no elite level club just needs him right now. So mm. he, I don't think he has many doors and windows open to him at at the moment. That, as that sounds. I don't. I don't think none of these elite clubs doubt that he's an absolutely fantastic player. It's just that they've already got the vacancy filled in that team, you know, for the position that or the, the role that Neves carries out for us. And that's obviously to where to our benefit. And I mean, look, we've, we've just, you mentioned it at the, at the top of the show, Rich, you know, the, the big talking point of this season is who's the, who's the big absentee from what will likely be our starting lineup. And that's, and that's Cody. And that's something else that um, Neves will be the beneficiary of, because he will now be the captain of the team, which I don't know, is that the ploy? Is that, is that a ploy to keep, to keep Neves giving, giving the armband, but, um, I mean, look, we have been here before last year when Bruno even started the first three games differently and then reverted back to what we kind of know. So we're not of the woods yet in, in so much that we think that we're definitely going to start with a back four come the first game of the season and then stick with it. I mean, it's it's likely, you know, it's, it's a, very, it's a it's very, much, very, very much so a realistic possibility that we do start with that back four next Saturday. And Cody, unfortunately, is the one to to miss out and how he takes that. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll take that fine. I mean, we discussed it in our in our chat group before, you know, that he'll still have his role to play in the season when we come up against the bigger boys and we switch to three at the back again. Potentially, that's that's an option. Um, but I'd say, of, of the pre-season so far, that is that is that the big talking point, you know, is around, it looks as though he's decided to go with Collins and Kilman. And then, obviously, the, the narrative and the story will be, how is Terry going
1: to take that? What what? How is that going to affect the leadership in the dressing room? Yeah, I mean, that, that really readers bring us on, on nicely on to the the situation and, and the back four in general. I mean, as far as I can see, I'm I'm I've been pleasantly surprised. Yeah, we look a little bit more open, but it just almost feels like I'm just used to having there being an extra body in there. Um, would you, again would you guys be happy with you know, not not even just leads but you know the first like three or four games while we're kind of all still gelling having that back forth you know johnny Kilman collins and um eight nori who i must say eight nori again seems to have pushed on another level preseason. um in my opinion i know someone said it in the in the youtube comments as well i think it was a uh, big listener dean marston said it um as well
5: Yeah, I know he's starting to look like a Champions League level player already. Um, I know when we signed him, we all thought he was going to end up being a bit of a Vinagre Mark 2. He's got all the gear, no idea, but that's not it at all now. Like You look at him and you think, yeah, you're destined for the biggest of big clubs by the looks of him. He, He looks outstanding. As for the back four, I don't see a point in... Chopping and changing. If we're going to go with it, we're going to have to go with it for a good run, give it give it until the end of September at least. If it's going completely wrong, then okay, you reevaluate at that point. But if you're only going to do it for two or three games and then revert to a five and then back to a four, you're never going to get that level of consistency to learn the formation. So I think that they've just got to stick with it now. And we do look a lot more composed than we did when we did the back four this time last year. During pre-season have had a few games mm. back four. And we were excited about the possibilities But it still looked a little bit ramshackle Whereas now there's this level of composure At the back between Kilman and Collins I think Cody's days are numbered in the in a back four There was always that question about Whether or not he could make that transformation anyway um, He's not the kind of defender who does that He's not someone who's going to lunge in when he needs to he's the one who's going to take the step back and try and mop it up so i don't think he will make the leap unfortunately um i think he's a good player to keep around the club going forward but i don't think he's there for for the starting position but yeah back four as it was yesterday for me bar samado making a miraculous return but even then he would need a bit of time to uh, to catch up
2: I think they complement each other really well, Kilman and, and Collins, really well. I think obviously naturally got the balance there with one being right footed and, and the other left footed. And they're both um they both carry the ball really well. There was a couple of times in the in the Lisbon game where they carried it past two or three, took a few men out the game, and I think that makes a big difference. I mean, as you know, as much as I like I like Cody, that's not his game. His game's to sit deeper and then and then spray it about. He, you know, we never see him take a man on or anything like that. Um and I think Hillman needs uh, Collins, he seems very vocal. Well, you know, I, I, again I think he, you know, he's, he's had captaincy roles already and even though he's a you know a youngster, he seems like he's a leader and organiser. And I think Killman I don't know, he gives the impression he's quite quiet, he might need someone just to talk him through a game. And I think I think as a pair, I think that there's a real um it looks like a real promising uh, partnership for me. Yeah, I
1: think my kind of thoughts on, on... Cody is that we kind of went into last season with the assumption that oh, Lars going to want to switch to a back four. We tried it, it didn't work. And there's only been one personnel change really within this team in a defensive setup, and that's and that's Collins coming in. So it kind of does. I know it, it very much seems like the issue was Cody. Um, to want of a better degree at the moment unless there's a huge upward curve which I kind of doubt but I think as we've um, alluded to previously to be honest there's I don't see us playing a back four every game this season I think that there's so much versatility if we want to in play we're back three against you know let's say the likes of Man City and have an extra defender Um, that's when I can see Cody coming in and really kind of helping plug in any gaps but you know, I think, I think Collins is, is so far looking like an astute signing for me. And, um, you know, like I say, hopefully long may it continue. Um, in terms of overall pre-season, it, it's felt a bit of a funny one personally. Um, I think j- just because of the slight lack of inactivity in the transfer market. But how would you describe, um, Adam, sort of the overall mood around Wolves at the moment because obviously it went a bit funny, and then the signing of Collins helped, and a couple of good preseason wins has sort of steadied the boat a bit. Would you say?
4: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't doesn't take like Inspector Clouseau to to crack the case of how we're all You want look at Wolves' Twitter for ten seconds to understand like the <laughs> the general mood amongst the natives. Um, I mean, yeah, prior to Collins, I think. We were practically on our Twitter hands and knees begging the the social media account just to announce someone. Well, apart from an esports person obviously, announce like an actual player, just anyone. And then it just seems to take forever for a player to be announced. And then, then yeah, Collins Collins come along. And there was a almost an immediate sort of shift change in the mood. It's like, oh, all the media are saying this guy is really good and one to watch. That's yeah, i I approve of this. And we all just seemed to suddenly, um, or the pendulum swung a lot, uh, you know, the, the other side effectively. And we all seem quite chipper at that point, thinking, okay, well, I'm sure there's more coming. Um, it's safe to say, I think the pendulum has swung back the other way. um, Because <laughs> since Raul's injury, we now effectively. Are we better off than where we were before? Mm, probably not. Because now we don't actually have any strikers at the moment. Um, so the mood is the fact that everyone is just yet again losing their shit because we just seem to be almost willingly causing self-harm to ourselves. You know, the fact that we just... I don't know, our problems have been staring in the face for us, but not just one and not just two, maybe even got three seasons now of what we need. and We just seem completely blind, or there are other reasons why. We just are choosing not to address what needs to be addressed. So, I mean, Collins is a good start. We've had people clamoring for Cody to come out of the team, so we're looking to address that by going to a back four. Got Collins in, brilliant. But yet again, we're going into another season... With Joao, who the way it's going, will we have his bus pass, you know, and still be first name on our team sheet in the middle of the park? Um, and then, yeah, we, we knew, you know, we are on dodgy ground relying on Raul after his injury. He's not had a great first season back, but it looks as though, you know, we still, at the moment, we, we were happy to go in with Raul and someone else rather than provide more competition. We could still have you know the the, the glorious return of Catrone into the team, which would be amazing. The pizza pasta club will be formed if he starts or it comes off the bench against Leeds on Saturday. Um, but yeah, i, I mean, the mood. I'd say uh, cantankerous
1: is the word I'm right now. <laughs> that's a bit. That's a good word for a Sunday night, isn't it? That's that's bit, I like that word.
3: You've been yeah. playing Scrabble.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Yeah, I, I completely agree with all that. I think that kind of is a, a, a fantastic summation of the club at the moment. That in cantankerous that we can't kind of just wait, in fact. extra In of positivity. So we had it with Collins. We had it with the um the victory over in Al- Alicante. And it, yeah, it just feels like we needed what we just need one more thing this week because. I don't quite know if... I don't know. It feels like we need to win against Leeds to keep the positivity up. Uh, or, or, you know, And I think if we don't win, I can feel it really not setting off on the right foot compared to, again, this time last season where we looked at the first three games and we're like, OK, we can see us losing these three games, but we'll stay the course and worry about the next you know, 35. And I don't get that same... Amount of patience around the club um, at the moment. Um, style of play wise, um, it is pre season, so it's a really difficult one to judge, in my opinion. Um, but it does seem to be going a bit more towards large ball than, you know, Nuno handbrake ball, would you
3: say, guys? Yeah. Um, sorry Tom, it, it is, it looks like it's a bit more free-flowing and there's a bit more you know, there was obviously an emphasis in attack there, which which is great to see but like I mentioned earlier, it's when you need to make that change at 65-70 minutes is where the issue lies um, and when other teams are going to be bringing on their signings or, or players, reliable players for them, we're going to be bringing on under-23s, unproven players and yeah, you might get a standout performance from Chem Campbell every five games or something like that. But it's going to be one of those where our our lack of squad depth will be our biggest hindrance on our style of play because you can't keep up like gung-ho dynamite football all day long. um, Like, as I'm sure Bruno wants us to play. So there's signs there that it's, you know, it's going to be a bit more attacking, hopefully a bit more entertaining on the eye as well. Um, but without a few more incomings which isn't out of the question yet but it's looking unlikely but we try and live in hope
1: yeah um i mean in terms of transfers i mean i, I was gonna say i'm one who literally wrote transfers on, a, on my little roundup graphic and it's more a guess around the players themselves to be honest because you know i I joke that gibbs white is essentially like a new sign for this team but you could argue the same as Neto, who Mm -hmm. like he played about a dozen games last season on and off the bench or whatever but he seems to have been signed; back to full fitness now and especially now we don't have rule for another four to six weeks or whatever it is i mean he's gonna be absolutely vital for us and we we did like that attacking impetus and that directness sometimes last season and, and those are the two things that Neto brings in you know in spades Does anyone
2: else still think we look a bit like a counter-attacking team? I thought against Lisbon yeah. uh, we look almost dangerous on the counter and I don't know if that's because Neto is back or not um, but I think style of play generally yes pretty good um, full-backs are nice and high um, let's say centre-half splitting, Neves collecting the ball and we've got an extra body up top Um Again, I still still think we look better. We look at our best when we counter attack. And not saying that's a bad thing. Um, to be honest, when we were at our best under Nuno, we were we were a counter attacking team. To be fair, but um, yeah, I think whether whether it's just personnel. You know, we've got quite a lot of speed up there now. Say so Neto looks back to his back to his old self. Gibbs White doesn't. Uh, yeah, is, is isn't slow neither all this So um, maybe it's just because of the players that we've got. Mm, um, okay. Uh, yeah, that's one thing I sort of took out pre season, or at least out of the Lisbon game, at least. Yeah,
5: I think one, it's... Um... One, sorry, I was going to say, Rich. Um, one player I do think could be quite vital to the evolution of this team, and I know Stu will hate this, but I think it could be Dendonka. I think Dendonka's got this ability to be a bit of a shitbag playing against other teams, mm. and we've never really utilised his what are his best assets. I'm not a huge fan of Dendonka by any stretch, but when you look at his stats, his output is always much better on the defensive side of things, just breaking up play, intercepting the ball. And by moving him from that weird inverted right winger position, I couldn't even tell you what that position was. He was just occupying a shirt somewhere on the right hand side, but moving him into the middle and giving him this, this license to move up and down the pitch a bit and be that, that shit out at the back, but then try and break into the box late. That seems to have helped his game. Granted, it's only been three matches so far in pre-season, but I think he could be quite an important player for us going forward this year.
1: Yeah, you got hopes, and I think um, it is sort of what we're crying out for. It's, you know, We always talk about having that bit of creativity, don't we, that somebody can break into the box and you could argue having Dendonka but yeah he said like last season if he doesn't get you goals what, what does he give you and a lot of it's just not measurable things in terms of you know he he harries he you know he closes down but he doesn't necessarily win you know huge amounts of tackles and his passes are very sideways and or very backwards the, the i'd need to dig it out from the end of season stuff but his um you know his progressive passing stats were I think he was in like for the twentieth percentile for the league or something silly, um, which is. I was just, just really going to say you, we've
4: got like yep. an FB ref thing. We've we got, mm-hmm. we got one of FB ref bar charts or an athletic graph that that uh, like puts it in layman's terms, simpletons like me as to what he what he brings to the team.
1: <laughs> I, I if you stole long enough, I could potentially find it, but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's such a difficult one. But again. He's someone who I think can make a difference for me. Um, so, com- completely um, agree that there's a lot of opportunity for him and our backs as well. Johnny's looking tidy. eight Norrie's developing again. Um, and again, same with Gibbs White. Um, the main question I was sort of thinking about from pre season is do you guys think we've improved squad wise or quality wise since we played Liverpool away in May? That last game of the season. I had to actually look at what the team was for Liverpool away when you um,
4: raised this. So just for just for completeness, Sarr and goal, back three Totti, Cody, Bolly, then across the the middle, Aitnori, Joao, Neves, Donk, Johnny, and Neto and Raul up front. Not massively different from what we've
2: got now, player-wise, yeah. obviously. <laughs> you could you could also say, have we improved from the first team we put out against Everton in our first Premier League game? And I think you'll yeah. probably get to a similar result of maybe much of a muchness. If you, uh, you know a team off the top of my head, but you had Jota back then. OK, he wasn't the Jotter he is now, but he was still Jota and he was still a great player. Um, Zhao was four years younger. Um, doc, Bennett.
1: Yeah, right. yeah, Bennett, yeah, Bennett. Okay, maybe
2: yeah, you know, Costa, yeah, Costa, yeah, yeah, Costa. Yeah, okay, again, but would you trade him for uh, Costa back then? Is he any worse than the Dharma Probably not. <laughs> um, doc, yeah, okay, he's probably not as good a footballer as Aitonori or Samido, but his output was a lot better. Um, mm. so I think you're tossing a coin whether we've actually improved from. From the first Premier League game we've had, and that's nothing to do with management. That's nothing to do with players. That's solely on ownership and recruitment. Unfortunately,
3: I think it's very our 11's by our improved. league position. I think, yes. I mean, Rich. I think our our eleven's improved on paper, but our, our our subs bench and our depth has dramatically declined. Not, and that's no. Um, that's not trying to offend the under 23s that now pad out that bench. But they just haven't got the game time and the experience to make positive impacts when they when they come on. It's no fault of their own, um, and and that's the issue really. And then what do you do when you when you get yourself to a point where teams are now throwing an extra two subs on it to try and roll the dice and change things, and then we're bringing on like players that look that that, that, that make that make and make Podens look like six foot. It's just, it's just it's, it's, <laughs> you beggars belief sometimes and that's where the frustration comes because i can't remember who it was on twitter so i apologize if they're listening now but someone had put on twitter it might have been soccer neophytes had put with two signings away from yeah, champions league it. and we're two injuries away from relegation and that's like as dramatic as that sounds that's how it feels at the minute mm. absolutely
4: absolutely and and you know what we look, going from this particular pre-season, we're set about every, what we've improved in our squad size. You're right; our our bench is appalling. Like I've never known a bench in, like in our lifetime that's been so bad as as this. we the minute. I mean, we don't have any options really at the moment. To come whatever point in the game, the standard one will be whoever. If, if, the, if the if the starting three is Neto. Um, Gibbs, White and Podence, then Huang will naturally come on at some point. Nat, that's just naturally that will happen. And even now, this, this season, we've got a few players who are going to be, they, they, they've either had no pre season or they're going to come in completely undercooked. So, we've got Adama, who again, doesn't want to be obviously, prefers to be in Womb and Sainsbury's on the pre season tour. <laughs> but he's M- like, Most important.
1: Not, whoa, whoa, hang on. Most importantly, <laughs> In Saints One born. Wearing an Dharma Spain shirt.
4: And buying crunchy uh, cornflakes as well. So make a note everyone. Over cornflakes are, are Other cornflakes, cornflakes. Are <laughs> Oh <laughs> 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 well, you got you've I got you got him, you've got you got a who's like had no pre season, doesn't want to beer. Somedo does want to be here, I assume. But no pre-season, so he's going to come in completely undercooked. Raul's going to be undercooked now because he's going to be out for... Well, depends whether you believe the medical professionals or his missus. Could be, like, a couple of weeks or, a couple, or, or eight weeks. depends that, that, on you believe there, people. And then, I suppose, Sar. Sar's got one game under his belt, hasn't he, for pre-season. But, I mean, he'll 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 be fine. I'm sure, you know, goalkeepers don't need pre-season today. Just bung him in. He'll be all right. So, our, 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 squad show, squad our squad size squad is small enough as it is, and we've got a couple of players who now are going to come in completely undercooked into the season. And we know how it goes, don't we, chaps, you know, when a player with no pre-season plays, it just, they're just a shadow yeah. of their <laughs> former self. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, at the, the minute, uh, it's you um, know it looking great is it at the minute we've we've seen better <laughs> we've had better preps for a season.
0: Mm.
5: And the thing is that even if we were to sign some players we're so close to kick off at this point that no new signing would be able to come in and hit the ground running. They would still need a good 3-4 weeks to get up to speed and getting to the Wolverhampton Wanderers way of playing. Mm. So yeah, we we're a bit stuck at the minute, aren't we? <laughs>
2: If Johnny goes yeah. off after five minutes against Leeds, who comes on? Me. I'll, well. I'll have a go. Like, yeah, you may as well. <laughs> yeah, there's no one
0: else.
1: Yeah. It's a joke. Donk. It's a, it's 100% a jo- donk. Yeah, yeah. Why you not? Right, you're right. And, like, I mean, even when you look at the. Um, uh, I was going to say the B team, it feels a bit harsh to call them that. But the, the the second string team we played tonight against for SA, we'll go for that pronunciation. Um essentially the back four was all center halves because our left winger, our left back when bueno, I was playing in a front three mm. and it's just like, that's not, it, it just feels like, you know, Jose Mourinho, I think when he first came to Chelsea, was like, I want, you need two players for every position. And I'm not saying every model works, but it sort of does. If you just don't have, you need for numbers as much as anything else. And, you know, when you hear Scott Sellers in our school saying, yeah, well, Wolves played their best when we had the most injuries. Yeah, it's because, it's in, you know, it's in spite of that, not because of it, you thick fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> we, we're going it, 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 you know, to... It's like, oh, Raul's got injured. Who'd, who'd, who'd have thought it? It's, it'll happen to, you know, Donker at some point, or Moutinho or Neves, because having three senior central midfielders isn't sustainable across a 40 game season we literally showed that last season and i like gibbs white i'm probably his biggest fan in the fan cast to be fair but he ain't a central midfielder we'd have to change that system to incorporate someone like that you know you've got Kundal who i probably need a loan move ronan who to be fair he's looked tidy in pre-season whether he's premier league quality to drop in which would be what would be happening and to you know play four games on the spin i'm unsure on. they say the fact that we don't have that investment i think is is criminal um but you know what guys i'm interested to pin you down on paper slash an excel spreadsheet on actually how positive we're feeling so we're going to do our predictions guys um we're going to hear from gully talking about pixel yeti media and we'll be back in about 45 second times see you in a sec hi all
0: Gully from Wolves Fancast here, and just like all of you long-suffering Wolves fans, I know exactly what it feels like to be lacking a creative spark here, some outside-of-the-box thinking there, but our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media, are here to help. They're a creative agency that cover all of your web design, branding, and marketing needs, with our very own WolvesFancast.com, a fine example of their work, so much so that I hear Jeff Shee is looking to do a deal this summer. For now, it's back to the team to ask just where the Diogo Jotam when money is gone, we may have just had our answer.
4: And we're back.
3: <laughs> we're back and <laughs> alive and well, which may I'll not be. <laughs>
1: Hello, welcome back. I have literally no idea what happened throughout that. It just froze on my side of things. It went completely silent. All I could see was the mics being turned off. I'm letting people behind the curtains here, so apologies. It's a, a,
3: a, a DDoS cyber attack. Folks have heard we're shaming them <laughs> and they're trying to take us off the air. I was going to say, do you think
1: Jeff Do you think Jeff and Scott heard me what, about what I said about Scott Sellers? <laughs> Don't worry, I'm sure people have said much worse things about him on the internet, so it's completely fine. Um, right um, I'll move on before um, I have to get in touch with the fan cast toys. right guys it's my favourite time of pre-season it's prediction time so I've split it up this year because um, I'm going to get your thoughts on walls but also the league in general so play along at home um, if you're watching live on YouTube big thanks make sure you smash the like button and tap the subscribe all the other way around I don't really mind we're going to do the Wolves ones first. Um, as I mentioned, I'm going to genuinely, my plan is, and we'll see if I fail come May, is we'll put it all in a spreadsheet and then we'll see if we can get us four back on, well, us five, back on um, in May and we'll see how far we are off. So, firstly, um, Wolves related, guys. We'll do a quick sort of round robin on this. Um, where do you all think Wolves are going to finish this season? So, um, Matt, chiefly because you were the first one to log on to StreamYard, you're going to be (laughs) up first. And what we'll do is we'll go Matt, Tom, Adam, Andy, and then for the next round, we'll go Adam. No, sorry, we go Andy, Adam, Tom,
3: Matt. Some women find punctuality incredibly attractive. Let's just put that out there. Um, So, 13th is where we finish. Mm. I've got 11. How about you? Eleventh. Be a bit more optimistic.
1: I see.
4: Um, ever positive, but slightly dose a heavy dose of realism. I've gone for a maximum of a tenth position. If we're all finished, which is probably where we are now,
1: isn't it? For yeah. that season. And Andy, what about you?
5: I'm going slightly ahead of the rest. I think ninth. Ooh.
1: well i also had ninth andy if it uh makes you feel any better that's good okay like i say i what why i think we're going i don't know i, I still shouldn't be uh so um this pessimistic because i think we do have some quality plays in there okay um i reckon i probably know most people's answer to this one but who do you think Wolf's player for seasons likely to be
3: uh, um, I think, we'll start,
1: if, if, yeah,
3: yeah. I think it will be uh, Neto, um, purely on Ooh. on output and attacking more attacking chances with a more attacking uh, play. How
1: about you, Sam?
2: Uh, if he stays, then Nevers.
1: Yeah, that's what. That's where. To be fair, that's where my head's at. I think. Just, yeah, he's he's just brilliant Thank and gorgeous. You. Um, I I will move away from uh, this Mancras eventually. Uh, Pricey, uh, pull me out of it. Uh, I'll pull you out
4: of that. I am going, I'm playing my KKC card. My play of the season will be
1: King Kilman. Lovely old job. And Andy?
5: I'm going to side with you again, Rich and Tom. And I think the team is built up to showcase Ruben Neves and it will be his season.
1: Now, the next one we're going to do, I'm I, I, almost a little bit embarrassed just because it's going to be the most awkward one. Uh, top goal goalscorer.
3: Hey, um, well, it's one of those, isn't it? Really, like you would you would hope it would be Jimenez, but I think it should be top scorer, and then a bracket like they do with ages. Of like naught yeah. to nine, nine to fifteen, <laughs> sixteen to twenty. So I'd say I'd say Jimenez, but I'm going to be I'm going to be more optimistic, and I'm going to go ten to fifteen.
1: Oh, lovely.
2: And um, I've gone I've gone Neto, and I think he might just creep in up to double figures, eight, nine, ten, something like that. Hopefully, hopefully ish
1: Adam, please tell me you've got uh, a wank.
4: I um I have <laughs> have not gone for a wank, <laughs> sorry, no I haven't. <laughs> um I have gone also gone Veneto and if they probably put me on the number. You know how in the video printers when someone scores seven goals i put him in, in the word the word after it's seven. <laughs> that's
1: that's my that's my position <laughs> for what else? will score. Seven. It it somewhat implies when you say that he's going to score seven in a game and then just score none. For the X thirty seven games, but he'll like just bang it like it, we'll we'll beat I don't know, like let's say we beat Leeds seven nil and then I don't know he does his cruciate after after scoring seven goals. That's how I see that happening. If all um, the seven come
4: against Bournemouth, I'll be happy.
1: Yeah, oh definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um Andy, how about you? Um I, I think
5: Neto's gonna have a really good season, but I think Jimenez will get the most goals just because he's going to be our only striker.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, think, I mean, it's it is very much like it's a toss up between those two and it does. Uh, yeah. It's, it's very much slim pickings at the moment, isn't it? Mm. Um, I'm, I'm going to go for it's just because I think, again, he's going to be on penalties is, is my logic. And if he, if he can find that bit of form he showed this preseason, he didn't really have much of a, much form going into last season from pre-season. Obviously, there's such a focus around his injury. Whether I think he can get, you know, upwards of 15 goals, I'm not quite sure, but hopefully he's at least going to get into double figures. And, you say, hopefully one of the other, um, you know, hopefully like Neto can get nearer to it rather than this year where we had, you know, four players on around four or five goals, which is abysmal. Um, Okay, so... Uh, we, we're kind of blessed in a way, but we have quite a young squad in general, but who do you think is likely to be the young player of the season?
3: Um, I think because I, I when you think of young player of the season, I tend to try and avoid like established senior players, even though they are young. In So I, I think it, with the lack of current striker options, I do think Chem Campbell, if he stays and doesn't go on loan, will end up bagging a few and become a bit of a fan favourite. So I'm going to go for Chem Campbell.
1: Yeah, I'm really annoyed because that was going to be my shout. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, exactly that logic. It feels harsh when, like, you know, we big up Aitnori, um, who's 21. So I feel like you could probably get away with it. But at the same time, he's played about four seasons worth of football now. But Tom, uh, no. where, where's your head at? Well, we have to give him more time then because I had Aitnori. Oh, I was going the old Premier League rules where I think it was about twenty four, you know. Yeah, yeah, you everything. can go. He, yeah, he can go <laughs> a lot. To be fair, I got in a debate with uh, someone online the other day who said twenty four was still young. I think they classed Connor Ronan as a young player. I was like, I can't class twenty four as being young, can you? Like mm. he's, he's played seven. He's played in like seven seasons of football, so I'm not. Yeah, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you have eight Noi, because he is still very young and developing. If not, uh, if not, I'll go for the the uh, Hugo Bueno.
2: Yeah. If I'm not allowed. Yeah, essentially, allowed, essentially,
1: Nori. essentially, is backup. So, yeah. um, you know, basically, we'll just give it to a wing back, left wing back. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Uh, Pricey.
4: Yeah, same for me. Really, I was I was going off those rules and eight Norrie because he's already he's, he's already a superstar, isn't he? He's, he's mature. He's he just. He just seems to have the complete package, doesn't he? From when we first got him to now, he's when he shackled Salah for an entire game on his own. So, yeah, I, I think he, he's, he's the obvious choice, really. We, we can all see his quality already, clear as day now. So, I think he'll probably end up with that one in
3: the bag, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. Um, Andy, That's
1: how
3: about you? That's a comment from Matt Bradley.
5: Yeah, yeah I just saw I've Matt Bradley's them... comment. I like that.
1: Yeah, uh, Matt, Benteke, Matt's comments on YouTube. I'm going to be stupidly optimistic and say our top goalscorer is someone we haven't signed yet, and as um, still with the follows up, Benteke top goalscorer. So uh, <laughs> <That's> yeah, <nice. laughs> we'll, well we'll see, we'll see. Andy, how are you feeling for uh, young player for season?
5: Um, I was going to go with someone who's not established themselves in the team, but it's someone who we have seen before, and I think that Gibbs White is going to really make strides this season. Yeah. He was a player I've always liked him, but we've never really given him the time of day. You know, um, as you can see from his numerous lone moves, we've kind of fucked him around a little bit when he has been here. So I'm hoping now that Lars has obviously embraced him and he seems to have given him that right berth, that he can really excel there. And don't get me wrong, I completely agree with Tom. Ike he looks phenomenal already and he's in for a good season. Uh, but I think we could see the most progress of any player from um, from Gibbs White.
1: No, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Okay, the next one, I don't feel like i necessarily explain myself well, which isn't going to be great for an audio or video production, but I've got surprise player of the season. So, this could be like, I'm half inspired by like the NFL comeback player of the season or someone who almost like um, Kilman last season. Now, he wasn't player of the season, but I think he surprised many with, with the development he made and his performances across the whole season. Or Mado would be another good example. So, someone who you think is going to have a really strong season, but maybe not quite to the level of your player of the season, um, but will still mm. kind of, I guess, change a lot of opinions in fans' minds.
3: Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's that... Captain Raymond Holt meme of vindication like that when um I think yeah then it this is this is Den Donker's time to shine. Um because you know he's he's an established Belgian international and he's one of these players that I think excels in any club in this league other than Wolves, as it as it stands. <laughs> Um, but I really feel with this formation change, we can start to see some output for him. Looks he, in all the pre season propaganda that comes out from the club, he's looked sharp as well It looks up for it. So, um, I'll go for Dendonka,
1: Tom. How about you? Who do you think is going to um surprise a few? Dan you, I will echo that from Matt. I, I agree, I think
2: Dendonka's really impressed me pre season, he's surprised me, so yeah, it fits the bill for this sort of category. Um, but I'm going to sort of echo what Andy said earlier about about Gibbs White and you know what you touched on about there about like sort of fans, it was sort of like a redemption almost. I think, yeah, I think this might be Gibbs White's season. So, I think he's got a manager now and a system. He's got everything in place now for him to succeed. If he doesn't succeed this season, that's it. It's curtains, I think. But I'm I'm really optimistic from what I've seen in, in pre-season and how he's linking up with the other players and across that line and 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 interchanging really nicely. Um, yeah, I think this is his year.
1: Nice.
4: Well, I, um, um, I read this initially, Rich, as I thought this was surprise moment of the season, and I've written um, the odd first good touch from Huang. So off <laughs> <laughs> on my feet. Sorry, sorry, please.
1: Uh, don't, don't worry. We, um, I, I I can pull that into an ex- into somewhere else. You're fine. You 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 hold on to that fantastic fort.
4: I'll keep that, but um yeah, player of the season. i I my thoughts are in line with Matt's really around around Den Donker because uh I won't go into the weeds of it now, but you know, den is depends what any what people expect him to be, you know. That's what I've always said about Den I don't know what if people must have different expectations of him and um yeah, he, he's as as Matt said, he's an established Belgian international, so he must be doing something right somewhere on the line. You know, he's not he's not terrible, he's not shit. So I think, yeah, we'll, we'll probably I think we might see a few more goals from him this year as well. I'll see him get him on the end, getting on the end of some Gibbs White or Neto crosses. So yeah, I'm I'm going to go with that as well for Dendonker.
5: Yeah, you I agree with sweet Andy. Yeah, it's, it's Dendonka. I think, as I said earlier, he's really impressed me in the pre-season games. One thing I really liked about him in the pre-season games, he was doing the horrible stuff of the game. When he was getting fouled, he was getting back up and he was then giving it to the opposition. And we've always missed that bit of a, a nasty bastard. And I'm hoping that this summer, that's what Dendonka's transformed into, that, that bit of a shit bag that we need who's just going to, Stick a foot in and maybe leaves a stud on someone. That sort of horribleness. That's what I want from him now. Do you,
1: f- do you feel like when Sace left the club, like he passed the metaphorical baton of shithousery onto Dendonka?
5: Yeah, that that's very much where it's going, isn't it? He's going to be the next one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna, I can't really imagine like a Belgium heel, but I feel like there's definite potential for it. You know, maybe he's going to have to be like more of a. You know, a silent, ruthless, almost like a, a, you know, a secondary Bond villain sort of vibe. But I think he can step up to be a shit house, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, a serious one than a silly one. Do you think that Lage will be in
3: charge all season? Ooh, controversial. Uh, yes, I, I do. I think. I, 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 will, I think. I... Go on.
1: I was going to say I I struggled with the phrasing of this to not create a agenda or narrative, um, but yeah, like do we think? Do you think there's a chance he could get sacked at some point in the season, or do you think we, you know he's going to be our manager this time next year?
3: Uh, I think because of the teams that have that have have come up and some of the absolute shambles that some teams ended the season, I don't think we'll be in a position where where we flirt in too heavily with relegation. So I don't think. Um, I don't think large goes this season. My only concern is that um, he's seen as this steady pair of hands that can work miracles with not a lot of players. So Fosun, keep him on um, because he does that at the expense of kind of moving the club on if if, if that's what he needed. But no, I hope he does and I think he will.
1: Okay. Tom how about you
2: I don't think he'll go during the season but I've got my doubts whether he'll be in charge this time next year if that makes sense I think they might make a change in the summer Um, but I I, I think he'll run the course of the season
1: interesting slightly slightly. okay I like it Adam how about you
4: yeah kind of similar thoughts so you can tell from the interviews he's done and his general demeanour, how grateful he is to be here. And not necessarily just the Wolves, but the Premier in the Premier League, that's where he wants to be. I think it would take something dramatic for him to walk away from that. I don't think he'll get sacked because you know, we were terrible under the Nuno for pretty much a whole season and Nuno wasn't sacked, it waited till the end obviously it's all very much dependent on how the season goes but i think we're much more likely as tom said to take stock come the end of the season i think we'd have to have an absolute implosion for a part of the waves part of the ways sorry um during the course of the season so yeah my money is on him at large in charge until the end of the season <laughs> lovely yeah.
5: he's got to be frustrated at the lack of transfer activity But I don't think he will leave before the end of the season. I think he will stick it out. But then surely they've got to give him some kind of indication to make him want to stay. Um, I don't think we'll sack him. I really don't because I don't think there's enough out there to really replace him with. And it will have to be in an absolutely catastrophic position for that to happen. And as Matt pointed out, there's some real shit teams in this league. And there are teams who are on a real bad run of form that I can see taking forward next season. So I don't think we'll get rid of him. I just wonder whether he will be happy with Titan purse strings.
1: Yeah, I think my my sort of thought process is that, um, yeah, like even when Wolves have been bad, like we've still been better than seven teams in this division as a minimum. And like you can't go, well, if the back four doesn't work, we'll go to a back five and we'll grind out, you know, a win-lose draw type of form. But you're right, whether he's here this time next season, I think it's a slightly different debate. Um, so last, last one on our predictions is when during the season. So the cutoff point is arguably now. When's the first Twitter meltdown
3: going to happen? <laughs> mm, well could be tomorrow could be now could have could, yeah. you could start the clock now could. and it's already ha- it's already happened but um i think you the imagine first if bit... it's happened whilst we've been recording <laughs> well, this like could be. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think the first real one is um when katrone is on the is on the bench versus Leeds. I think that's the that's the one that that is the straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of people. I mean there's been some there's been a few funny meltdowns already. Some 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 good, some bad. You know the season ticket scarf thing is like people are moaning about that. That's 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 pretty funny. But then one of my favourite meltdowns so far of the season, or not was it really a meltdown? It was just Twitter excitement. Was when um, we thought we'd signed a new player, and uh, Den Donker just had a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> it was tremendous.
1: That was your job, Tom. How far do you think we're getting into the season? Um, the minute after the transfer
2: window closes, the yeah. Twitter, yeah, Twitter arty will go mad. Um, we all know what Twitter's oh. like, and usually it revolves around not signing players. Um, and I'm not saying I disagree with everyone because yeah I think we'll all agree on here that we're um, we are very much lacking in the uh, player signing department but it'll be as soon as the window closes because they won't be happy that we haven't signed a Renato Sanchez al.
1: yeah I had in my notes not after it closed but just on transfer deadline day at 6 p.m <laughs> yeah. when like it's <laughs> just become very apparent that we're not like we'll, we'll, people will over the next day and be like okay we'll this is what we'll do, this is how it will work, Gomez will be brilliant, whatever. But, yeah, it's, it's like, ah, actually, it turns out Renato Sanchez isn't coming after all. It's a bit awkward. Um, Yeah, that that's going to be my point. Pricey, right? you?
4: Yeah, I mean, God bloody hell, we've had enough meltdowns up to now to last us a few nuclear winters, but, I mean, uh, it's going to be, like, it's going to be the, the, the night of deadline day, um, it'll start from as soon as people wake up from this on the deadline day. This is as if we haven't signed anyone up to this point, obviously. And for the rest of that day, it'll it'll just be unbearable, were not it? Absolutely unbearable if 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 there's no signings incoming. And then, um, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't even want to bother trying to search hashtag wwfc that night on deadline day if, <laughs> um, if i imagine scott sellers will be mentioned profusely so if i was him i'd just delete the app on on that on that night if, if, he, if he hasn't sorted anyone out by then but yeah it's all for me all centers around deadline day with the the next big twitter meltdown
5: see i think it'll be at four seventeen on saturday when Wang has come on the pitch, he's tearing down the left wing, and the ball goes out of play for a goal kick, and the fans will just lose their <laughs> shit because that's generally what happens when Wang's on there. So that, that's what I think four seventeen on Saturday. Yeah, right,
4: no, hang on, like, let, me, let, me I, just, let, me, let me just note the time of that so I can I can deliver
5: on that Andy.
4: So
1: it was four four seventeen. Saturday, i right, got you. I was <laughs> say um, before we do the. Um... Premier League overall ones. Um so I'll sort of pull up, certain, I was going to say, slightly breaking news, but not frankly positive or want to really want to discuss. But um, in the pre-season game that Wolves played today, um, I'll read out the statement from the club that uh, we're very disappointed to report that one of our players, Frankie Chan, um, was the target of discriminatory abuse from opposition fans during this evening's game against FC Forense. Um, we'll be appointing the instance to UEFA eh, and asking um, our opponent and relevant authorities to investigate. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just sort of want to sort of pull out because I think there's, I you know, I think I speak for everyone in the fan cast that there's, you know, genuinely no place to fight in the game. And if you think there should, then unfollow and unsubscribe, frankly. Because, um, yeah, say, we, you know, we, I we make jokes about Hwang and some of the players and things like that. But at the end of the day, they'll people too, and that shouldn't be condoned ever in my opinion um yeah i'll i'll drag you back to being silly again now um but yeah just because it you know it's been sort of confirmed in the last sort of 20 minutes or so um right so we've talked about walls our predictions around walls and i think we are to be fair we all kind of have a similar sort of trail of thought in one way or another we're going to finish around that mid table point we're frankly not going to score a lot of goals and the fans are going to go apocalyptic before we get to September. Um let's focus on the league in general then. So um who do you think is going to be the
3: champion? Uh I can't see past City again this season. Um I don't think one slightly iffy community shield performance um <laughs> means that Hann's now writ off and I think with what they've got with this with the five sub rule, I just think they'll I think they'll blow it away. I don't think I don't think it'll be I don't even think it'll be close.
2: Uh, yeah, I agree. Somehow yeah, yeah it it'll be City pretty, yeah, pretty certain of that. Um yeah, and I think I think they're gonna go mad for it. I think they'll go Gunko for the Champions League. Um but they've got the squad to go for both, so yeah, I think they're just relentless and, and oh. um, I can't see it changing.
5: Tom, were you going to say they're going to go mad for it then?
2: Yeah, they're going to go mad thinking. for it, mate. They're Excellent. going to go mad, uh, mad for it. <laughs> Don't think you
5: meant the pun, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs> I, um, I'm, I'm the, the, the same. I mean, last season they didn't have a striker and didn't didn't they score the most goals ever in the Premier League without an actual <laughs> striker, and now they've got mm-hmm. two, one of which one of the most coveted strikers in world football. So. Um yeah, them Liverpool, those Liverpool, they're, they are relentless, both of them, absolute juggernauts, a pair of them. But um, City have bought very smart in the summer, so I, 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 they don't really have much of a weakness to them, really. So, yeah, uh, City's again.
5: Mm-hmm. Completely agree, and I agree with Tom. I think they're going to go for the Champions League. I, I can honestly see them doing a clean sweep They've got such strength in depth that they could field two or three teams that would beat most teams in this country. So, yeah, City.
1: Yeah, same, unfortunately. I, I wish I was going to say, oh, it's going to be Liverpool, um, or it's going to be Chelsea or something. I just, I just can't see it. But even if um, Haaland doesn't fire Northland to start with, it almost doesn't matter, which is what I find, frankly, terrifying. Um, Mm. to be honest Mm. okay so that's the top of the table um what about at the bottom so who do we think um are the three teams most likely to get relegated
3: i think it's going to be a surprise this season i think there are some teams like andy said who are going to take their poor form continue that poor form and I think you, you, your exuberism and your style of play when you come up is so important. Like when Leeds did it, I think Forest will do the same in terms of they'll they'll stay up this season. They'll go down the following seasons. But I think Everton are doomed. I really do. I think there's there's something's really badly wrong with that club. Now Richarlison's gone as well. It's going to go from bad to worse. <laughs> Southampton's form was atrocious at the end of the season and I don't see them doing amazing things in the league either. I think they get dragged into it and then Bournemouth, I do think, goes down with them. So Everton, Southampton and Bournemouth for me.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Only one newly promoted team. How about you, Tom? Um, I've only gone
2: for one newly promoted team as well, actually, um, which is Bournemouth as well. Um, and sort of yeah echoing yeah what Matt said there, I think uh second season syndrome uh, or I think Brentford are gonna struggle. Um I think they'll get found out a little bit. Their form at the end of last season wasn't great. Um and we see it all the time. I mean Sheffield United that one year had a brilliant season and they just absolutely found out their overlapping, you know, centre halves and all that sort of stuff. I think Premier League's just managers are just so smart that they work you out pretty quick. Um and I think Leeds might struggle. I know they've spent a lot of money, but they've lost their two best players, and they didn't have much else if I'm being truthful in that team in my opinion apart from those those players um manager, I'm not convinced by either, so i've gone I've gone Bournemouth, Leeds, and Brentford.
1: I see I know so, which, what you're gonna have one of those teams at the very least,
4: <laughs> and you know which one. Um, yeah, it's like Matt. It's like Matt has read my uh, my pad because I've got Bournemouth, Everton, and Saints as my uh, three to go down. S- same, similar. Yeah, similar reasons for it. Bournemouth one, I want them to go down anyway. But two, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, back from whence you came, and um, yeah, I just don't think they're good enough anyway. I, 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 just think they'll just drop right back down. Everton for the same reasons has been said. I I don't think, I think Lampard looked out last year, to be honest, Um, the squads, they've relying heavily, heavily on Calvert-Lewin to get them out of many, many holes. Um, And I don't think they've bought the desired quality to stay up. And then Saints, I put Saints because for the last season or two, they just seem to be there, they're just there. They just occupy a league position, and Hassan Hootle sometimes flies by the seat of his pants, doesn't he? He he, he was rated in some quarters, and like some ex-Fancastians who really faded, wasn't he? And but then sometimes he you get, you gets his annual 9 0 slapping by some team, <laughs> and I just I just don't think I just think this is the year where, and like I said, there's always one, there's always one established name that really gets drawn into trouble. And I think this, this year they will get drawn into it and I just don't see where the quality comes from to get out of it. So, yeah, Bournemouth, Everton and the Saints for me.
0: Yeah,
5: I think, as everyone said, Bournemouth so far, because I also <laughs> think Bournemouth are gone. They've got a championship team and a championship manager. So for me, Bournemouth are going to probably be propping up the table. Everton had a dead team last season that just about survived on the work that their previous manager did. It wasn't anything Frank Lampard did that kept them in this league. They did just enough to get them over the leg before they bought in the death Now that is Frank Lampard. And, and I don't think he will last the season. The final position, part of me wants it to be Forrest because it'd be fucking hilarious for them to pay <laughs> all that money to Jesse Lingard and then they get relegated but I've got a feeling it might be Leeds because uh, I think it was Tom, wasn't it, he also said Leeds, for exactly the same reasons that they've lost their best players and they haven't really strengthened. The manager seemed to get quite lucky at points last season. And whilst luck is always a good thing to have on your side, eventually it does run out. So I think Leeds could be in for um, a bit of a tumultuous year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had... um... My, my three were exactly the same. It's honest, to be fair, Bournemouth, Brentford, Leeds. I think, yeah, F- Fulham have done the yo-yo just about enough. Although you keep they keep changing managers and things like that, you see, I just think they might just have enough to finish fifteenth, sixteenth. Forrest, their, their run, the well, literally since they sacked Chris Hughton and Steve Cooper has been nothing short of phenomenal. Um, and but it's, you're right, Bournemouth just feel like a good championship team whereas I feel that Forest potentially have that momentum um and again Brentford they seem to have got propelled by having Christine Eikson and like it, it was fortunate for them in a way but and, and it was a mutual beneficial relationship that Eikson was at Brentford. But I think he was the catalyst in just propping them up, almost like uh, Christoph Dugarry, um, you know, nearly twenty odd years ago for Birmingham City, just that age of, a bit of quality. Um, and I, I, if I see you, Tommy, right? But they'll get found out. I think you know. The fact that Wolves figured them out after one game, what's a, you know, what's everyone else going to do? Um, and then Leeds lo- losing Phipps, losing Athena that's a big losses for them um right three more to go gents so um similar to the surprise player for walls who do you think are going to be a bit of a surprise package um in the premier league this season which which team do you think is going to um you know finish, finish a bit higher than most would expect matt
3: i um i think that we're looking at the first season where the the battle for second is more interesting than the battle for first And I think that um, Spurs will take Liverpool right to the right to the end of the season. They've signed some incredible players, and they've and they've they've like for for once, Spurs have really threw the money at it, and they're giving their manager a chance. And I think I think the league needs someone to dethrone one of Liverpool or City. Like Kuliszewski, he'll have he'll have a season. Ivan Perisic, even though he's on like a free transfer, he's a player that can provide. And obviously for Charleston as well. Um, I just think it's going to be a, a you know, long lay, a uh, kind of long lay as well. I just think that it's going to be really exciting to see what Spurs can do. Hopefully not at our expense for six points of the season. But um, I think they'll be a surprise to be the ones to dethrone Liverpool for second place, potentially.
1: Mm. Tom, how about you?
2: Yeah, I was thinking along the same lines. I don't know if it would be a, sort of a surprise to see them finish third or something. But I, yeah, I, I think Spurs will, will have a really, really good season. Um, I think they've bought really, really well. Um, they've bought, you know, Premier League experience, then sort of sprinkled that with with some genuine quality from abroad. So, the assume is a brilliant signing for them in an area that they were lacking. Um, yeah, as um, as Matt said, Perisic, you know, good signing. Uh, Romero looked brilliant last season. It'll obviously be a bit more established, and, and and yeah, they've got Richarlison up front just to supplement Kane and and um, and Son. So um, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, th- I think Spurs will be one of the better sides this season for sure. How about you,
4: um, Andy?
1: No. Um. Oh, Adam. <laughs> even sorry, I don't. Know if that's on me. <laughs>
4: I was going to say, to, um, just to be a bit different, if you were allow me to invert the question slightly, I've gone for my surprise package, Got someone who will do well, someone who will do not so well, and I've gone for Leicester with that, in so much that mm. I think that they will, they will drop like a stone this year. I know it's, it's obviously been um, well documented that they remain to this day, I believe, the only Premier League team and probably one of only two teams in the whole of Europe who've yet to officially sign a player and not a new player yet. Um, I just think that a few things are going to catch up with them. You know, it's their their reliance on, on Vardy will um, you know finally run out. They've got there's a bit of unrest with the goalkeeper who they're looking to potentially ship out. They can't, they've got no money to, you know, if we as Wolves fans want want to sign players, Leicester apparently have zero money to buy players unless they sell um some of the existing high value assets, which is something they don't want to do. So they're they're a bit stuck in a vicious cycle. Um and I, I don't know, I could just I can just see the whole mood and whole mood dropping at that club, and the wind completely coming at the sails. And I think I just think they'll be just a, like almost as if they'll been unplugged from the mains. I just see them just dropping right down, given the, the current state they're in. Um, so yeah, in, in my in my alternative surprise package, I'm, I'm going for Leicester, and I think they'll be I think
1: they'll be down there this year. That's interesting. I don't I don't disagree with any of that. Um, Andy, how about you? I've actually gone with
5: two. So I've got one I think will do slightly better and one I think will do slightly worse than expected. I think Newcastle probably aren't in for the season their fans are hoping for. Um, Because they've got this blood money, they seem to think that they're going to be up there challenging. As Newcastle fans generally seem to think they are anyway. Um, But they've sort of come to the realisation that that blood money doesn't necessarily mean you're going to bring in players because you're still a bit of a shit team at the end of the day. So, I think Newcastle could end up being lower half of the table. Um, I think Fulham might be around mid table. I think a lot of clubs are going to expect them to finish, a lot of fans are going to expect them to finish 17th ish. I can actually see them finishing lower mid table, like maybe around 12th, 13th. Um, It might just be because I like Tony Khan because of wrestling reasons. But I've got a bit of a soft spot for Fulham. Um, I was never a big fan of Marco Silva, but he's got him playing some really good stuff last season. And they may just ride that wave of momentum. So I think Fulham could be in for a better season than expected.
1: Mm. Well, my, I only had one and it was to do better than expected. And on the similar lines of Matt and Tommy have gone for Spurs. I've gone for Arsenal. Um, Cause were a team who were still Quite on the young side, still developing. I think they've made a couple of. I, I think the signing of Zinchenko is a really good one, um, and you know, Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, did he didn't quite do it? Um, what should call it? Um, Man City to to a degree, um, but I still think he's got um, an abundance of quality. And, uh, and you know, even players who have returned, so like um, William Saliba. Um, at the back seems to be a really good player as well so they've quite strengthened there and I think players like Odegaard uh, really impressed me last season I can see again him pushing on the likes of Saka pushing on and you're right do us even winning the t- title or even pushing for top position no but between Liverpool Spurs um, and Arsenal I think you've got a really interesting racer who could, who could finish you know who could finish second to be honest I think Man United are Way, way down the road, aren't they? Um right, penultimate one, uh, who's going to finish top goal scorer?
3: Um you, you linked me up quite nicely there because I think Gabriel Jesus will be um this league's top goal scorer because whilst um said only mere minutes ago that um, one bad champ- uh, Champions champions League ch- uh, Community Shield doesn't say he's going to have a bad season. I think because of City's ability to have um, goals from nearly anywhere on the pitch um, whereas Arsenal are, they don't have goal scorers in every position that City do. I think the majority of the goals will come from Jesus and therefore I think he's in more of a line to win a golden boot. So yeah Gabriel de Jesus for me. Mm.
2: Tom, um, I was really torn between um, Kane or, or Salah. I th- obviously, Haaland's quality, but I think he'll get rotated out enough. You know that, that they don't need to play him against some of the lesser teams if they've got a big Champions League game. You know, the, a few days afterwards. Um, so I'll probably I'll just edge towards Kane.
1: Yeah, um, I, I I I was going Kane to be fair as well. I.
4: I'm going to be. I've been very boring with this one. I, I can't. I still can't see past Salah because Haaland, for as good as he is, I think will probably take a year to bed in and still get a reasonable number of goals. Um, but Liverpool, you know, when they're playing against some of the the newly promoted teams or the teams that we've perceived as you know being a bit short on quality, like yeah yeah existing teams like everton the saints that you know they blow these teams away and salah normally gets a brace against these sort of teams so i think he'll rack up the goals quite quick again so yeah it's not it's not an inspired choice but i just i, I can't see i still can't see past salah
5: i uh, see i've gone with um son i think that very much for the reasons that matt and tom think that spurs might be their surprise package I can see Spurs having a really good season and anything good that seems to happen at Spurs, it's always Son. Like Kane's a great player, he's a great goal scorer, but he does have this tendency to go missing for patches. He can be a very patchy kind of a player, whereas Son is so much more reliable. So I can see Son really kicking on this season. And I think he'll probably earn a a move to one of the the top-top clubs next summer
1: okay um i've also gone kane okay, i think it's still sort of very much a toss up between the, the likes of um kane and salah to be honest and, where, and 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 son um and who can do it if you know there's an outside chance that son like uh, jays doing it, it'll be interesting to see right lastly and we'll wrap it up from there will be what is one thing you'd love to see happen in the premier league this season you can go serious you can go silly Matt, the floor is yours.
3: Well, I'd, I'd love to see it happen. And I think it will happen as well. That despite all of the negativity that goes on at the moment in the fan base, out of the four Midlands teams, I, I think we finished the highest. Um, Adam's um, point about Leicester dropping absolutely will happen. Uh, villa, a villa. Um, I think Forrest will have a good season, but not a spectacular season. So I think we, in the top of the Midlands tree, I still think we finish highest. But that's what I'd love to see.
1: Very nice. Very nice. Tom, how about you?
2: Um, I've gone that um, the media finally realised that Jurgen Klopp is a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> and that no one likes Liverpool. And this thing about them being media, darlings just gets shot down because it's doing my head in. <laughs> it was on again at the weekend they're at it again on I mean, the charity field stuff like this thing about I don't know this Liverpool loving I don't I don't get it personally and I don't think I don't think the general public do either to be honest it just seems to be the media it just seems to have this loving with with Liverpool and Klopp it pisses me off so that's mine I,
1: <laughs> I mean I'm not a fan I, I'm not a fan of Klopp so I, I can happily get on board with that Um Adam
4: uh, the one that I'd love to see I said it last year it didn't happen so I think it'll happen this year and at one point at one game of the season we'll see a squirrel on the pitch
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah I was going to say uh, I, I, one of my answers would have been squirrel on the pitch uh, no or animal on the pitch I'd take, you, you know
4: and um, this is a bit fantasy now but an extra bonus point if it's a climate change squirrel
5: i've gone with um eddie howe gets called over to saudi arabia to speak to his management team um, and that's a ginger man he comes back burnt as a crisp <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm just writing these down notes i've just like scribbled out eddie house sunburn with and i feel like when I look back on this in 10 months' time, that's going to hold zero context, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, mine... Um, that, that is true. Yeah.
5: Yeah. <laughs> as as the guess was, he gets buried in sand yeah. up to his head. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, mine, I'm a big fan of goalkeeper scoring. Yes, so it doesn't I, happen enough. No. You get a couple of the freak ones. and I know Alisson scored one against West Brom, which... Again, add mixed emotions because it's the goalkeeper scoring and it's against this one, but it is Liverpool. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I took the two out of three ain't bad approach on, on that one. So, yeah, I'd love Sa to score. I can't, I can't think of like in what context, just coming up for a corner and I'm like, I can't see Sarr scoring a header, but I can see him sliding in at the back post and just throwing everything on it and just taking three players and the ball into the back of the net with him so (laughs) i'm 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 going goalkeeper score goal fingers crossed it's sar um but that wraps it up for today gents um i'm gonna try my best to not lose this wonderful spreadsheet of madness and hopefully we can pull this back um, when we got through the next 38 league games of madness. And hopefully our predictions for Wolves are way off and we finish in the top. Well, hopefully we finish first. You never know. Um, <laughs> but hopefully uh, it can be a fun and enjoyable season for Wolves fans. Um, big thanks to everyone who's listening and everyone who's tuned in on YouTube. said, so make sure you like, share and subscribe. It does amazing for us um to kind of help grow the channel and what we're trying to do here at the fancast um and big thanks to our sponsors pixel yeti media and to 90 Min football network make sure you follow us on all our social networks as well we're on twitter facebook instagram and youtube as well it's all Bulls fancast uh, so we're nice and easy to find until next time when we will be back on thursday evening to preview the Leeds game um, it's goodbye from Matt peace it's goodbye from Tom see you guys,
2: well done women. You did us proud
1: oh yeah, completely forgot to mention that I I, I got so emotional watching the end of that <laughs> uh, like, I think any time you beat the Germans, you can't beat it, can you mm-hmm. it's goodbye from Pricey Yeah, they finally came home, well done and it's goodbye from Andy, keep it real it's, it's goodbye from me, see you next time